This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another show for another episode of our Raw Reaction series and specifically the Arsenal News Show. Good morning. I hope you are well. I hope you're doing good. Football is back finally after a ridiculously long international break. Feels like the longest two weeks of my life. Uh, it's, and I mean, Arsenal aren't even back until Monday night, which is still annoying. But uh, at least I'll be able to work through my shift today with football on in the background, which is always appreciative uh i hope you're doing well i hope you can drop a like on today's video and join us every single day at 8am uh, and if you haven't already subscribed to the channel please make sure that you do uh good morning to bungo in the chat uh, good morning to kaiser uh, colin uh christopher daniel rich matt g ozzy carl zuko rath of aries uh fala filiguna ozzy guna uh i'm sorry Gooders from all around the world. It's awesome. Um, and yes, I've just seen some of your messages. Thank you ever so much for the kind words. If you haven't already, please do subscribe to the Arsenal way as well. And as I said, thank you, those guys that dropped uh, your, your congratulations in the chat box. I did a whole show yesterday on the channel talking about the awards uh, that we won, the bronze awards at the Football Content Awards for the best club content creator. So thank you for all the continued support and kind messages. Um, but I did a lot of thank yous yesterday. So uh, if you want to go and watch that show and <laughs> get a lot of thank yous, it's in that show from yesterday. So go give that a watch. But we start off today with the news uh, over the last 48 hours, of course, because I wasn't here um, to talk about a lot of stuff yesterday because I was out. Um, so apologies for that. But uh, we have to talk about this new film that's been announced, which is awesome. I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, Arsene Wenger's Invincible documentary out in cinemas on the 11th of November, followed by a digital release just over 10 days, just about two weeks later on the 24th of November. Um, if you can go and watch in the cinema, I would recommend to go and watch in the cinema. I regret not watching like the Invincible opportunity to watch that and the 89 film as well. So if you've got the chance to sit at the cinema, go and do it. If you don't, obviously, digital download would be 
perfectly fine. But there's some really interesting stuff about this because in the trailer that we received for it, um, specifically, he talks a lot about the uh, the protests. That comes up quite a lot during the trailer and in reacting to that. So it'll be intriguing whether or not that's discussed in any kind of great detail. Sir Alex Ferguson obviously involved and he uh, has riled a lot of Man United fans by saying that the invincible achievement stands above all else and basically saying that it's a greater achievement than the treble winning season of 1999 that Manchester United achieved. Uh, you've got stuff talking about that it's going to be in his own words for the first time, which when you consider he had a book come out, literally when this was announced, it was a year and a day to when his uh, his autobiography was announced or rather published. So it's to, to say that it's in his own words for the first time, just over a year after his autobiography came out, makes me think that, okay, well, we should be getting some stuff because the book basically told us nothing new. Nothing new was divulged. It was a, basically just uh, the story of his life from a very uh, safe standpoint is probably the best way to put it. It didn't tell us. Uh, it did not tell us anything. So I was disappointed about that. But uh, hopefully we'll see some interesting little uh, tidbits coming out of the film in a couple of weeks. Well, about four weeks, three, four weeks time. So let's look forward to that. Uh, good morning, guys, in the chat that's joined in a little bit late. Christopher says, haven't missed a show in over two years. Keep up the great work. Thanks, Chris, for the continued support. And Nick, I don't know what streaming service it will be on, I'm afraid. There's still information to be released uh, I believe about that, unless someone in the chat box can help out. Now, Dimitri Paye has been speaking about William Saliba and his time at Arsenal. He says, the new ones have all brought something different. After that, I'm closer to the younger players. So the one that impresses me the most is Willie, uh, William Saliba. Considering what he's been doing since the start of the season, I don't understand why he hasn't played more for Arsenal. Uh, I know a lot of supporters and a lot of fans of Saliba will be very happy to read those words from Dimitri Payet. Um, and you, you can completely understand because he's having a brilliant season. I think he's had really one, maybe two bad games for Marseille all year. The rest, he's been very consistent, playing in a very difficult system under Jorge Sampaoli at Marseille with this kind of 3-3-3-1 formation where he's got to play a role of a right-sided centre-back, a, a normal centre-back, a right-back at times, a right-wing-back at times, a midfielder, the way he pushes forward. He's got to do a lot of jobs and he's doing it extremely well and you've got to say fair play to him because he's taken to that team excellently and he has been by far Marseille's best centre-back of all of their seasons so far. So we'll continue to bring you updates on Saliba with the help of Ben from the Marseille View in our monthly reports. Um, but things are going very well for him. And as we heard about a couple of weeks ago, the club are still very much trusting him and we're expecting to see him back at Arsenal next season. Now, Raheem Sterling continues to dominate the news because of his recent comments saying that he would be open to leaving in search of more game time. Uh, lots of clubs are supposedly interested. The likes of Chelsea and, of course, Arsenal have been linked with a move for Sterling. It splits it splits the camp more than I thought it would. I, I, I'm genuinely surprised that so many people would turn their noses up at Raheem Sterling, considering the level that he's at, the level that he's playing at, the club that he's playing for, the international level that he's at, his age being just 26, turning 27 soon. I'm surprised that so many people would turn turn their noses up at the opportunity to sign Sterling, uh, who is proven to be a, a top quality goal scorer and far above the quality, in my view, of the players that we've got. He's better than Pepe. 
he's just naturally better than Saka right now because of the age difference and how much he's developed further. He is a better player than Saka currently. That's why he gets into the England side. Um, well, you know, it's not, it's not definitively because of that, but that's one of the big reasons as you can put towards it. But he is just at a later stage of his development. Um, and so we'll see where he ends up. I know a lot of people in the chat box, you're saying that you may see him end up at Newcastle next year as their kind of their big first marquee signings of their new takeover deal. But we'll see. I, for one, would be absolutely delighted if we signed Raheem Sterling to the club. Now, the last thing that we need to talk about is a bit more in-depth because uh, during the last 48 hours, um, we need to have a discussion about Mikel Arteta's press conference. So the best way to do that, as we always do, is to get it up on the screen and go through some of the stuff that he said. So uh, we won't go through all of it. Uh, we'll go on kind of some of the main points specifically regarding Granit Xhaka and his kind of update on his injury situation. He says, at the moment, everyone seems okay. Granit is progressing really well, but obviously we know it is a long-term injury, unfortunately, and he's going to be, he's not going to be available. And we obviously know that he's going to be returning towards the end of December, start of January is when we should get William, uh, William Saliba. We should get Granit Xhaka back into the team. Uh, talking about Patrick Vieira, uh, Arteta said that he's an Arsenal legend and I hope he gets the reception he deserves for what he did for the club, not only as a player, but also what he transmitted as a person. He was a captain of the club in the most successful era in the last many years, and it is great to have him back. It is going to be weird seeing the opposition manager get more of a cheer than our own manager, but it's not surprising considering who uh, Crystal Palace's coach is right now and what he obviously did for the club. But uh, it's a real split bag. I mean, I'm going to be doing a show a little bit later on today on the Arsenal way, talking to to Matt Wyatt, who's uh, the Crystal Palace correspondent for Football.London, uh, looking ahead to the game on Monday. Uh, we'll be doing a preview show tomorrow uh, with some of the members, of course. Um, but the, the the fact that Patrick Vieira has been able to sign some really good players, he's got some good results, like against Leicester and like against Spurs, but has also so far only won one game in the Premier League, which was that game against Spurs, which we're very thankful for. But I just, it's really hard to to judge Crystal Palace because they've only won one game but they've only lost two uh, and they've drawn four. And, and that's the, the difficulty with judging them because of some of the performances they've had, the brilliant display against Spurs, the comeback against Leicester, but then some of the losses that they've had. They haven't been able to hold the lead against clubs like Brighton and they've dropped points elsewhere. So we'll see, um, but it's a really hard game to predict from a, uh, a, a kind of a Crystal Palace point of view of what we can expect from them. But with, they have got a lot of quality players, Michael Elise, uh, Odson Edwards, Wilfred Zaha, as we all know, of course. Uh, on being named manager of the month, he says, yeah, it is not personal because it is all for the people behind who will help to achieve those trophies. It is nice and we will now just focus on the next thing, which is to win more football matches. And hopefully there will be more to come because that would mean that we're doing the right things. It is funny how things change so quickly. Um, now, I want to scroll down to the uh, two more things. One is Thierry Henry. Because I know that we discussed this a bit on the Arsenal way the other day. Thierry Henry basically came out and said that he didn't know if the club was going in the right direction. Um, and on the comments, he was very political in the response. No, I haven't heard those comments. I've just heard them from you. I doubt that's true. I'm I'm sure that he's aware of the comments of Thierry Henry, but it's an easy way out. He says it's just another opinion, so you have to respect that. And I, I think it's a bit sad. Um, 
how many people online have gone, look, Thierry Henry saying this. Um, if he's saying it, it's done, it's finished, it's over. And I get very split because Thierry Henry is our greatest ever player without a shadow of a doubt. Maybe Dennis Bergkamp, you could argue. I mean, you could definitely argue. But his managerial perspective on things is something that I do take with a very large pinch of salt because he's absolutely tanked in the managerial world. Monaco was dreadful. Montreal wasn't miles better. And now he's obviously gone backwards and is, again, the assistant of Belgium. And so comments on another manager as as kind of critical as that was, I think you have to consider the perspective of that. But you also have to consider that he's speaking as a fan and he is a fan of Arsenal Football Club and he's obviously a long servant of Arsenal Football Club. You've also got the context of the ownership situation that he's trying to take over the club with Daniel Ek, which adds another kind of avenue that is making it really hard to, to evaluate those comments. I, I I don't blame Arteta for not taking any notice of them, to be honest. It would be strange if he did. We just need to see the performances on the pitch improve. And obviously, I'm sure Thierry Henry's thoughts on the club would improve if the results improve. That's all that we want to see. But the timing was a bit odd. That's what I was critical of the most, was the timing of the comments. We've just won four of our last five games, um, 10 points out of 12. And it's... It's just a bit of an odd timing for those comments. But uh, when Henri speaks, you do tend to have to listen. But I would question a few things about the timing, about the perspective that it comes from. Um, but you can't say that he wasn't really wrong about the direction of the club because it's certainly not going in the right place at the right time. Um, we'll see what you guys are saying in the chat box about this. Um, Tejas says, I love Henri, but let's remember in an interview, he said the team looks solid with Mustafi and Xhaka in it once. So he's not always right. He then backtracked on those comments about Xhaka a while after and uh, was quite quite harsh on Xhaka, to be fair, <laughs> for some of the comments he's made. Nick B says he's a great pundit. I put him up there with Gary Neville in the bracket of failed managers. Uh, Philip says, Tom, I would like to know your thoughts on these promising youngsters who have unbelievable stats. Anthony Mbuemo, Verts, Almeida and Tenali. And would you like to see any of them at Arsenal? Florian Verts is one of the best um, young players out there at the moment. Absolutely unbelievable talent. I doubt Arsenal will be able to get him in. Don't know Almeida. I know Tenali from, from AC Milan. I know Mbuemo uh, from, of course, Brentford. Anthony, I believe you're talking about the one who's at Ajax. Don't know loads about him, know of him. Um, but Verts is the one that stands out. Tonali, a very exciting young central midfielder, possibly someone that Arsenal could look at. And we are going down that route of youth, so you never know. Uh, let me just round off this press conference and then we'll go into some more questions. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about was January. Uh, he talks about Lacazette. He says, we are focusing on getting the best out of Lacazette and he shows every day his commitment is here. We just want to give him the right minutes so that he can show his quality and help the team to do better. And lastly, in a very long press conference, and not loads was said, but it was a very long press conference, um, on Martinelli. He says, well, because of the amount of players that we have in those positions, first of all, he had some games that he played. He started against Brentford and he started against Chelsea as well. Unfortunately, he got injured last week. It's a minor injury and we don't know if he's going to be available for Monday. We have a lot of good options with Gabby and we need to find the right space for him to grow within the squad. When asked about his progression, he says, no, if you look at the game, number of games that he's played, the injuries he's suffered 
there have been big setbacks. We sometimes forget his age and what he's done and where he is. We need to try and help to maintain that balance because you know that you can generate frustration that, in my opinion, comes out of a not very realistic diagnosis. You need time to do that. And lastly, he says, I'm very happy with him. We're not thinking about anything like that regarding a possible January loan deal. Martinelli is always a difficult player to assess because so far, I mean, this season, he's not been great. He didn't. He started against Brentford and Chelsea and was invisible in both of those matches. He played against Wimbledon and looked sprightly, but he's not been given more opportunities to change that view. He's not been given enough time off the bench. He's not been given the opportunity to try and change the thoughts of the coach. And without those opportunities, you can't make a genuine judgment about whether or not he should be playing because we've not seen enough of him to be able to do that. And that makes it very difficult. Let's uh, round off the show with, of course, your questions. If you do have a question, a thought, a theory or a query, throw them into the chat box and we'll go through as many of them in the next five to ten minutes as we can. Uh, I will be joining uh, the members tomorrow for one of our uh, preview shows. I'll be putting in the Discord server the opportunity to come on the show. If you'd like to come on the show, all you need to do is join up as a member, an expert member or a TGT ambassador and then join our Discord server and then you can uh, register your interest in coming on the show to have a chat in there. But let's jump to the chat and let's get some thoughts and theories and queries and questions and, uh, and we'll try and answer as many of them as we can okay let's go to let's scroll up a little bit more uh <laughs> telling to pie to pipe down love the game says hi tom i think the reason martinelli isn't getting games because he's not seen as a winger now he's grown from 180 centimeters to 183 centimeters and he has lost technical ability does three centimeters make that much difference really i mean that's what an inch and a bit it's just over an inch, is it not? <laughs> I'm not sure that makes loads of difference to a player's centre of gravity. Maybe I'm underplaying it. Um, I don't think he's lost his technical ability. I just don't think he's getting played a lot, to be honest. I just don't think he's getting played enough to show what he's capable of. Players need consistent minutes, and he's not getting that. And so that's a bit of a problem. Um, Rich says, Tom, after the stun that Pio pulled at West Ham, I don't think he has any ground to stand on to comment on players on loan and moving around. True, but he is obviously playing with uh, with Saliba week in, week out. And so, therefore, he is better placed to know about how he's doing and how he's getting on. But, very true, not also the most reliable of sources to talk about any kind of football information, especially transfers of players. John Daly says, does Ben White have to watch football to be a good footballer? No. I'm glad, John, you brought this up because, frankly, I think a lot of people embarrass themselves. I'll be very, very blunt and honest about this. To, to criticise Ben White for not watching football or for not knowing too much about Vieira is such an archaic, ancient, old-fashioned, silly way of looking at a footballer. Times have changed. Times have moved on. Without using, with using the classic phrase of, it's 2021 now, players don't have to adore football 24-7 to be good at it. I don't blame Ben White for not watching football outside of their game. If your life is 24-7 football, I mean, I can even have the same kind of, I can have the same empathy for him. When I've done an 8am show, a 9-5 to shift, maybe a 5 o'clock show, and all day I've been thinking, writing, talking about football, you just need an evening, you just need hours away from the game. 
just to, to reset, to focus on something different, to just, you know, rest your mind. If you're so focused on one thing 24-7, trust me, that can cause its own problems. So if if Ben White doesn't watch football or didn't really watch football as a kid and you're moaning about that, get real. Why the hell do you care? Why do you care about it? <laughs> What's like, why, why are the point of your life where you really are caring too much about whether or not Ben White watches football? Come on, like sort it out. There are way worse things in the world to be worried, annoyed, frustrated with. Ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. I can't, I can't get my head around it. It's so strange. It's so odd. Uh, Colin says, Tom, do you think that Gabby will take over from Pepe or do you think he'll leave? My prediction is Gabby will leave in the next two years. That's kind of where I see the next two transfer windows, next two summer transfer windows. I think that we'll probably see Gabby leave unless he gets more game time. Um, loads of footballers don't watch games. Exactly. Uh, Yaren says, I hope White at least watches his games back so we can improve. I mean, they all do that in the training grounds, Johan. Like, they do that in the club. They get them to watch back. They give them the information from their performances of where they need to improve. That'll be happening there. The players don't have to take their own, they don't have to watch back their own performances in their own time. They do it for their job. They do it inside the ground, inside the training ground. EKK says, criticisms lodged against Ben White is pathetic. He can have other hobbies aside from football. For goodness sake, give the players a break. They need something else as a buffer. Ben White, do your thing. Uh, going from six, five foot 11 to six foot went to, from Ronaldo to B-Tech Giroud, <laughs> says Manu. It's funny how many people put kind of uh, like, so much emphasis on, on one inch of a difference. I mean, take that how you like. Uh, John says, Tom, I bet Ben White watches more football in preparation for a match than we do. And you work really hard watching material. He's a breath of fresh air. Absolutely. I'm sure he watches loads in his own time. Benjamin, yes, sorry, we should be, yes, sorry, Rahul, we should be saying Benjamin White. I love that people got offended by that. Oh, yeah, it's it's my name. Benjamin's my name, so can you call me Benjamin? Oh, how rude of him. <laughs> how rude of him to be asking people to be calling his name. How rude. Oh, oh throw, throw him in the tower. Throw him in the tower and throw away the key. That's what I say. How dare he ask him to be called by his name? How dare? How dare Benjamin White do that? Deary me. Shame on you. Shame on you. <laughs> oh, my dear. Uh, Miniboss says, if Saka or Smith Rowe, um, would people have been this critical? Um if it had been Saka or Smith Rowe, probably not. If can you imagine if Bakayo uh said in an interview, like, um, I mean, does it is Saka the nickname of Lil Chili? Can you imagine if he turned around to the camera and went, uh, just call me Bakayo or don't call me Lil Chili or something? I think people would laugh. They'd be like, oh, yeah, go on, Saka. Go on, you tell him, Saka. But because it's Ben White, it's it's different. If Emil Smith Rowe said, don't call me the Smith, <laughs> people would be like, what? Like, <laughs> that's hilarious. And it wouldn't really be doing the difference because of the form. It's all because of the feeling around a the player. There's been a lot of questions around Ben White and his performances. I get that. But are you really, Benjamin White, are we really, are we really genuinely? And I mean, I'm still going to call him Ben White. I'm not talking directly to him. I'm talking on a show. I, I'm, I'm not speaking to him in conversation. And the likelihood is all these people moaning are never going to have the opportunity to speak to Ben White in person. You don't have to call him Benjamin White when you're speaking about it on a on a tweet, on a show. 
are people really annoyed that they feel they're now going to have to put extra characters in their tweets? Is that what it is? Are there people out there that are defiantly never going to call him Benjamin White now because they're like, oh, yes, screw the man. <laughs> We're going to fight the revolution. Let's call him Ben. <laughs> oh, the world's gone mad. Mr. Harrison C says, Tom, tactically, do you think we have any weaknesses that might play into Crystal Palace's game style? The fact that we're very one-dimensional, Harrison. The fact that if you stop us in the wide areas, there's very little we can do. We lack a plan B. If you stop our plan A, that's our weakness. Absolutely. Manu says, Tom, I don't understand why people wouldn't want Sterling at Arsenal. Only thing I could think of is his wages. But if you are critical, what is something he would need to improve on? And that's the thing. The only thing I, th I can think of with Sterling is, is, is output, like his final ball, final pass. But that's very critical because a lot of the time his final ball and final pass and final shot is good. And he's developed to a level where they he does produce a lot. I mean, there was a season for Man City where he contributed over 30 goals in a single season, which is insane. So, look, Sterling is a very good player. I think it would take a very, very harsh person to say that he isn't an upgrade on what we already have. I have no idea why we wouldn't. Um, Halel says, Tom Akatari has been tweeting at hinting potential interest in Arsenal, but I haven't seen any media coverage of this. I don't know how serious he is, but said Arsenal after Newcastle. So, first of all, that account is not anyone that you need to be concerned about having any kind of bearing on any possible takeover news. It's from far as I'm aware, they're just kind of someone who tweets out information and on the Qatari lines of things. Um, yes, they have links to, to, to people that are of stature and status in the Qatari royal family, but they have no say, no ability to, to cause a takeover, no power to form a consortium to take over Arsenal. So, no, it means absolutely nothing. So, the Qataris are not... It's very, very, very unlikely that Arsenal will be taken over by the Qataris. There's so many things that block this, not from like a league perspective, just from the club perspective. I've written a number of articles on it. Um, so, feel free to go read them but it's exceptionally unlikely so no there's nothing that in that i'm afraid if you were hoping that that was the case i personally wasn't anyway so it is what it is and manu says it's actually emiliano smith because buendia hasn't lived up to that first name in his season <laughs> yeah and so sterling is a london boy maybe the pull of coming back might interest him formerly of qpr of course uh rich says would you play sterling as a striker or keep him left wing sterling left Saka right, Abamyang or another striker at striker, uh, and then alternate or play whoever's playing better between Smithrow and Odegaard, or play 4 3 3, Odegaard and Smithrow, Partey at six, Sterling, Saka, striker. That's an amazing front six of players. I'd do that all day long. It's not Tom, it's Tom Jimin. Yeah, can you please, if you, if you don't call me Tom Jimin, I will not reply to you. Just, just saying. Just saying, you could call me a lot worse. I'm joking. Call me whatever you like. I don't care. And frankly, if you really care about Ben White asking to be called Benjamin, sort your life out. <laughs> Get real. Stop caring about things that don't matter. Does not matter. If you're ever in an, if you're ever going to speak to the guy, if you're ever going to be on one on one with him, then maybe respect the fact that he wants to be called Benjamin and say that. But when you're talking about him or you're doing a show about him or you're tweeting about him, it doesn't matter if you say Ben. It does not matter one bit. Get real. <laughs> Get real and grow up. Um, RY says, can you email the Premier League to stop making us play on a Monday? 
I mean, I have no power at all, um, but there you go. Colin says, I would love to see uh, our players putting in sterling level performances. <laughs> Great use of the term. Fantastic. Philip says, studies have shown that modern centre-backs are not used anymore to play a front two with at least one target man is producing the best results. What are your thoughts? Not saying that we have the players for this, though. Um so two center modern center backs are not used anymore to play a front two with at least one target man. Um okay. Uh I think Philip, there's a couple of grammar issues which is making me struggle to understand what you're saying. I'm trying to break it apart. Modern center modern center backs are not used anymore to play a front two. I don't know what you mean, Philip. You're going to have to provide some uh, extra info. I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, you'll have to add some more info, I'm afraid. It's not Tom. It's Tomiyasu, says Timmy. Yeah, I was waiting for that one. Sir Canton, says Manu. Could you start calling me Manuel instead of Manu? You've, I, I swear, I swear you've asked me to call you Manu. I know it's probably a joke, but stop changing your mind. <laughs> you go back and forth for your names every single week. Um, Harrison says, only heard about this on stream. Didn't realize the Ben White thing was a big deal. Mate, neither did I. And yeah, I was covering a story on it yesterday for football.london. We were going through, obviously, as you do, go through Twitter and you're looking on, um, you're looking through your feeds, trying to think of some stories. Why are people fussed? Why are people fussed? I saw people that were my friends that were moaning about it. I'm like, why? Why are you moaning about it? It makes no sense. I really don't get it. Um, Miniboss says he means whether a target man and a smaller striker duo would work against modern centre-backs. I mean, a target man like Chris Woods was unable to score against us when we played against Burnley. Uh, I'm trying to think of any other players that we've come up against that are target men this season that have had any joy. Lukaku, but Lukaku is a different level player. He's a target man with all of the abilities of, of the world-class players of this day and age. So I'm not sure you can throw him into the same kind of category. Uh, Norwich, Timo Pukki's not a target man. Spurs, Harry Kane can be a bit of a target man, but he was awful in the North London derby. And Neil Mope is not a target man at all. So we haven't really had an opportunity to test that theory besides the Burnley game in which White did really, really well um, in dealing with the aerial stuff. I think he won the second most aerial duels behind Tommy Asu. So I'm not sure there's anything we can say about that one. Philip says, sorry, not used to playing against a front two rather than a single striker. Results are showing that playing two strikers is getting the best results. Thank you. I may, I know what you mean now, Philip. Getting two strikers into your team and having the best results is unsurprisingly successful because usually what happens is you've got two different kinds of strikers. You've got your, your main number nine and then you've got someone that plays off them. And that system is working really well for plenty of teams. I mean, Brighton are using it against us. The 3-5-2 that they have, Trossard playing off of Neil Mope, Welbeck playing off of Neil Mope. Often what you see is a player playing off Tony and Mbwemo from Brentford. Olu absolutely smashing that one there. DCL um, and Richarlison off to do it for, for uh, Everton. Uh, I'm not surprised that it's working. Um, absolutely. So... Should Arsenal try it? I don't think we have the players right now. You would say Lacazette and Aubameyang. I'm not sure those two work together. We have used them together in the past. I'm not sure that it works. I'd look at someone playing someone like Pepe off of a single striker, but I'm not sure that I would play that system right now. I just don't think we have the system, the style and the structure and the formation that we play regularly enough and have trialled it enough to do it. So I don't think that I would uh, do that currently. 
Uh, Stephen says, you mentioned uh, a few weeks back that we needed 20 wins to reach top four. After the Norwich win, has that estimate changed? No, I think 20 win. I mean, let's have a look at last season. We did this last time, I know. Last season. Um, da, 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 da. Am I still? No, I'm not sharing the screen. Okay. Uh, Man City won 27 games. Man United won 21. Liverpool won 20. Chelsea won 19. Leicester won 20. West Ham won 19. We won 18. We won 18 games and we finished eighth. I mean, Chelsea won 19 last season and still got into the top four. We have to win at least 20 games this year if we want to be thinking about top four. At least 20 games. But we should, probably should be looking for more than 20. But yeah, I think 20 games, 20 wins would put us in a, a really good situation. But it also depends on how many games that you lose. And, and that's a big, big problem because the draws and the points that you get from those draws turning possible losses into draws. Like we saw against Brighton, I felt that was a game that we probably would have lost another year. We turned that into a draw and an extra point. That's going to be really key. Um, Rahul, let's not abuse our players. Thank you. Um, Colin says, Benny Wyatt add Kane in his pocket. <laughs> Benny now. <laughs> uh, Brighton uses the little man, uh, the little man, little man combo of Mope and Trossard. I mean, low centre of gravity has never been a bad thing whatsoever. Um, you look at players like Lionel Messi uh, that have amazing low centres of gravity that use that to their advantage. Teams operate with two small strikers. It can work. Uh, Latara Martinez uh, is a fantastic, but obviously played alongside Lukaku. So you've got that dynamic of maybe tall and small uh, might be the way to go as well. Mandeep, hi, Tom. Many congratulations on the award. Thanks, mate. Not all heroes wear capes, but some do wear a cap. <laughs> Always thought you were a 4-11, four, four for, for goodness sake. I don't know where this thing has gone to about my height. And yeah, I'm six foot three. It is what it is. Um, Halel says, Tom, how do you manage the Gunatal Instagram? Because I want to send a message if you'd answer. Uh, I do run it uh, very sparsely. I need to be a little bit better with that. Uh, but uh, yeah, I do. Uh, Insigne, just five foot four, exactly. Another very small player uh, with a great centre of gravity. Uh, Benny Blanco. <laughs> right, we're going to wrap things up there before we get into some silly names of Ben White. Anyway, thank you so much for tuning in. Always appreciate your time. If you could drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel, I would really appreciate it. Try not to take things too seriously in regards to Ben White's name. Ironically, it is people who tell other people not to keep their comments so seriously. You are taking Ben's comments very, very seriously. Very ironic, isn't it? Uh, but I'm enjoying every second of that irony. It is what it is. Have a fantastic weekend. I will see you tomorrow for the next show. And we'll be looking forward to the Crystal Palace game tomorrow as well. Um, but yeah, thank you again for all the support as always. I'll see you tomorrow morning at 8am. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your weekend. Football's back. Arsenal's back on Monday. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90-plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18-plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.